Hello friends, how are you? I'm Ari Serger and today I'm going to talk about tribal hiddenry or hidden tribalism. Given my previous video about animism, I thought it would be a good idea to share animistic notions transported to this modern neo-pagan movement called tribal hiddenry. In neo-pagan movements, uh, especially throughout the second half of the 20th century, a lot of animistic concepts have been introduced in the modern reconstructions of pagan religions and cults. The animistic philosophy became a very important component in the neo-pagan religious reconstructions and it has a great influence in neo-pagan movements, mostly due to the awareness of the human impact upon nature and the growing environmental activism. So, many neo-pagan movements seek to reconstruct the pagan religious past by seeking the origins of those pagan religions into a more tribal past when animism was still very much part of the pagan mind, trying to rebuild indigenous traditions. Tribal hiddenry is a very specific movement within Germanic and Scandinavian neo-paganism, with a great focus on tribal concepts, a great focus on the family structures and relations, a reconstruction of the pagan Germanic mentality and culture of the historical period before the conversion to Christianity and even before Roman influence upon the Germanic religious tradition and structure. But I really do think that it's important to explore this concept of hiddenry and why it's so different from the rest of the Germanic neo-pagan movements. The term Edenry is often used as a synonym of Ausothru and Odinism. We, we often refer to as Edens all those who one way or another are part of Germanic and Scandinavian neo-pagan movements. However, Edenry is not synonym with Alzathru and Odinism, which are re religious paths quite different from what Hiddenry stands for. Because Odinism and Alzathru have different purposes, and people within Alzathru are referred to as Alzathruar, and those within Odinism often describe themselves as Odinists, because they are part of that specific group, which stands out from the rest. While a heathen is a person that doesn't necessarily have to belong or follow Alzathru or Odinism and place themselves on a broader religious and spiritual sense. Heathens in neo-pagan perspectives and not in the historical religious sense of the term are those who practice Germanic and Scandinavian pagan traditions without belonging to a specific religious movement because, uh, let, let's face it, Alzathru and Odinism today 
are religious movements already with specific rules, official religions with a religious structure and certain preconceived ideas to be followed and taken into consideration. Well, religious organizations. While hiddenry in a modern neo-pagan sense is much ample in its understanding of the religious pagan traditions of the past. It's not an organization, it's not a religion, but a constant evolutionary process trying to be faithful as much as possible to the actual pagan traditions of the past without modern inventions. Let me give you a, a quick example. Within Alzathru, there are the nine noble virtues, which are assumed as a sort of dogma by practitioners of similar aspects of religious structures of neo-paganism. But these nine noble virtues were only created in the 20th century by Odinic organizations. So heathens or hidden tribalism strongly denies these nine noble virtues because they simply did not exist in the past. So the main picture we have here is that heathens are trying to be as faithful as possible to the pagan traditions, completely putting aside modern inventions and understandings, completely putting aside religious structures and focus much more on a tribal perspective of paganism, much more turned to animistic concepts. But I shall explain further ahead differences between Alzothru and tribal hiddenry. Now, I think it's important to understand this idea of reconstructionism before we jump to anything else. Pagan reconstructionism is commonly confused with historical recreation. Now, historical recreation or historical reenactment is an educational practice that aims to recreate some aspects of a certain period or event in the most faithful way possible, always seeking to avoid anachronisms and conceptual errors. Reconstructionism, on the other hand, is an approach within paganism, a methodology, not simply a reenactment of the religious material culture. Reconstructionism is not a religious practice, it's a method. Reconstructionism is a series of attitudes towards empirical and factual interpretation. It's greatly focused on the investigation of academic works of the human sciences, which revolves around historical, archaeological, anthropological, literary and linguistic studies or other academic studies to understand the historical truth of the old pagan traditions, to be as faithful as possible in actual practice without modern influence of certain ideas and dogmas that restrict a person to a specific way of thinking and acting. Pagan reconstructionism, in other words, is to try to understand the pagan mind of the past and transport it to the present. It's to bring the paganism of a specific people back to life. And this is what's done within hiddenry 
and unfortunately not very much within Alsathru and Odinism and other religious neo-pagan constructions. This is the main difference. Alsathru is a neo-pagan construction, while tribal hiddenry is reconstruction. Tribal hiddenism uh, seeks not only to look for aspects immediately recognized as religious in pre-Christian Germanic cultures, but also to understand the, the culture and worldview as a whole without interference from Christianity or other modern concepts that simply did not exist in the past. Tribal hiddenry is about understanding the worldview of the past which is very much different from our modern world views that have been transported into Alsothru and Odinism and such others, which end up creating wrong perspectives of paganism because we are focused on our modern consciousness and we create parallels with paganism. Tribal hiddenry is to completely change the worldview and put aside modern interpretations and modern ways of thinking that simply do not fit in what paganism really stands for. In other words, as I have said before, it seems to me nowadays most neo-pagan movements and neo-pagan thinking is simply an extent of monotheistic world-denying views. There's still the tendency to follow the same line of thought. Neopaganism, in great part, seems like a paganization of Near Eastern monotheisms, worshipping the gods as if they were our personal servants and we make demands from, and there is still a great spiritual detachment from our reality, and people still seek a spiritual realm elsewhere. As I often hear, Middle Earth is not for me, Valhalla awaits me. So, tribal hiddenry seeks to break those tendencies and those lines of thought. It seeks to put aside monotheistic religions, uh, religious understandings that have corrupted paganism. This is why animism is very much part of tribal hiddenry. By understanding animism, we can better grasp part of the pagan consciousness. And it is a way to start gaining world-accepting views and completely change our mindset. Apparently, that is the aim of all neo-pagan movements. Yet, in practice, that doesn't happen. And there is still a lot of paganized monotheistic religious ideas within neo-pagan movements. For instance, to Alsothru practitioners, there is a great emphasis on the deities, which end up casting aside the worship of the ancestors, the worship of heroes and the Vethir, the spirits of the natural world and within natural phenomena. Hiddenism is based on tribal ideals not just individual ones. The group has much more importance than the individual, as in ancient tribes. Modern neo-pagan movements ask too much of the gods and wait on them 
to do things and seek the spiritual in the figure of the divine on specific concepts of the divine while tribal hiddenry understands that all things are divine and the relationship with the divine is reciprocal and our uh, contact with the divine isn't to demand something from or to show ourselves to the divine as worthy just to be accepted into their realms like most people shout in great confidence that they are going to Valhalla and Valhalla awaits them that's right there that's a Christian thinking to to be eager to die and live a life elsewhere because this world sucks in tribal hiddenry, the divine isn't in some unreachable place or the divine isn't just those specific groups of gods or those same 12 gods within Alzafru and all the rest is conveniently forgotten. The divine is everywhere in the spiritual understandings of hidden tribalism. Most neo-pagan movements like to profess that they are very much in contact and in concordance with nature but in practice they build temples or want to and confine people to the same space to the same rules and lines of thought with a particular figure that serves as a priest or a spiritual guide while tribal hiddenry seeks the spiritual virtually everywhere and there is a great emphasis on the cult of the ancestors and the Vethir, the spiritual entities of the natural world also as I have previously mentioned within tribal hiddenry there is also a firm denial of the nine noble virtues assumed as a sort of dogma by practitioners of other neo-paganisms which were only created in the 20th century by Odinic organizations. This serves as a good example between neo-pagan constructions and neo-pagan reconstructions. But the central point of divergence is that tribal hedonism seeks historical fidelity whenever this is possible, resorting to unverifiable personal gnosis only when it is impossible to maintain the accuracy of literary and archaeological sources about the Germanic peoples. This is why many people from Alzathru are always trying to diminish the credibility of academic work and most seek to move away from the academic world so they can be free to follow their personal gnosis as the only possible truth and make other people follow them and see that personal gnosis as the only possible truth and then end up creating mistakes and leading people in wrong directions leading people not into paganism but into Christian views disguised as paganism personal gnosis is very dangerous in this aspect and instead of helping people evolve and actually try to become pagan people get out from one religion of sheep just to enter in another religion of different special sheep continuing to follow 
the personal gnosis of someone who thinks they are in the right to lead people into their personal dreams and fantasies. And verifiable personal gnosis should be the last resort and only as possible plausible interpretations and not as the only possible truths. And tribal hiddenry tries to break that and to focus much more on academic works, scientific works that actually gives us concrete clues about the pagan past and not some fanciful romantic ideas. So, there is a growing emphasis on animistic attitudes and understandings among pagans, which I think it's great. There is a current interest in reviving the worship of the ancestors and can, uh, connecting with the genie loke, the local spirits. I think it's quite healthy, this pagan interest in animism and the awareness of the spiritual ecosystem, spiritual network. I have spoken about in the previous video about animism. As I've said, modern hiddenry is much more focused on the worship of the northern gods rather than any connection to animistic beliefs in nature spirits. Even though nowadays all over Europe we can still see the traces of animism that survived through folk traditions. For instance, in Iceland there is still a lot of people who believe in elves, mainly the Hudelfolk, uh, the hidden people. The belief in these supernatural entities are surviving traces of animism, which is still very much alive, and a lot of people still leave offerings to such beings, even they themselves are Christians. Certain animistic beliefs remain alive in the continuous traditional practices within folklore. But many modern neo-pagan movements seek to destroy that, possibly unwillingly and unknowingly, but by focusing solely on the same dozen deities, neo-paganisms end up helping destroying the origins of paganism, which is these animistic understandings of the world and the spiritual network that surrounds us this environment we are very much part of. Also through, for instance, much like many of the Germanic neo-pagan organizations, has this idea that the religion is an alliance of the gods and with the gods, and it is these gods and goddesses that are the focus of religion as it is practiced today. It's true, and we are all aware of this approach and religious understandings by the written material of these organizations and their ritual practices. This emphasis is quite clear. That's where the problem resides. It's only about the gods. There seems to be no room for a spiritual approach to the spirits of nature and in this modern tradition so very much rooted in honoring its pantheon. Why is this? Why are the people of these organizations that call themselves pagans and heathens putting aside one of the main aspects of ancient paganism? 
Why are they trying not to actually be pagan and include a spiritual reality that was in fact more common than worshipping the gods themselves? You know the answer to that and I'm not going to answer that for you because it becomes quite clear and I'm not going to waste time stating the obvious. If we look at the hidden traditions of the past and the surviving folklore and the written sources, there are many references to minor spiritual entities, which the Anglo-Saxons often call them whites, and the old Nordic peoples call them Vethir, suggesting that traces of animism were still very much alive even during the Middle Ages. What about the Holfar, the Dwergar, Jotnar, Heithings, Water Whites, the Landveithir, the Draugra, the Filgjur, Valkyrjur, and so on? All spiritual entities of place, or spirits of the ancestors, or the manifestation of parts of the soul of a specific spiritual entity or person, spirits of nature, etc. Yet, Despite all these references to a living spiritual world very much part of the daily lives of ancient pagans, an underlying world completely outside the divine mythology of Northern Europe, there seems to be a minimal recognition, close to nothing, of these beings in modern practice, in modern paganism. Just think about the Northern European accounts of wizards and spellcasters, sorcerers and practitioners of Seidra and whatnot, <laughs> of people that in their magical religious approaches are seldom in touch with the gods themselves and more with local and ancestral spiritual entities. Yet modern heathen kindreds and other organizations tend to emphasize the gods in their practice and minimize ritual in honor of other spirits in this beautiful and rich tradition. The sense of community plays a fundamental role in tribal hiddenry. The community, historically speaking, was one of the essential aspects of the life of ancient peoples, if not the most important. The family was an important foundation of the tribe and each family supported the tribe as a whole. The tribe was nothing without the families and the family was nothing without each individual that composed it. Each person had a part to play for the benefit of the community. Each member was fundamental in the perseverance and well-being of the tribe. Each individual was a weft of one big web, a string of the main tapestry. The people, united by the tribal cultural bond, felt the need for mutual help and protection, which was beneficial for all. This sense of community is the complete opposite of the individualism felt in our Western societies with that idea that each one must do the best we can to save our souls. Everyone trying to save themselves and forget about the rest in this anxious race to be worthy, good and righteous, to be accepted 
in a heavenly realm. And it's precisely that selfish attitude that makes people unworthy. The sense of community was greatly lost. The aim of the community is to take the effort and work to make it grow and to strengthen it. As such, all the people in that community will benefit. So this is the main focus of ancient pagans. It's the community and not the gods. First, we act to protect and preserve the well-being of the family and then the community. And the worship of the gods stays after that. But before the worshipping of the gods and right after our own efforts and attitudes towards the well-being of the community, comes the animistic notions. The supernatural beings that surround us, whether inside or our homes or outside. These are the beings that, according to the animistic view, are perceived as inhabiting a variety of places linked to nature, trees, mountains, rivers, etc. And they are also transported to the domestic environment. Because many of the spiritual entities are our ancestors. They can be roughly understood as spirits, uh, dividing themselves into several categories. The ones we call gods were originally these spiritual entities of place of environment, even forces of nature that contain a spiritual entity, until we gave them physical aspect similar to us, anthropomorphization, and constructed temples, altars and shrines for them and gave them a more permanent space in our lives. These animistic perceptions made people live their lives in concordance with their environment, creating a, a harmonious existence with the community and with the super, uh, supernatural entities, spiritual entities in and out of the community that have a direct effect, effect upon mankind since we are also spiritual entities sharing the same space. And because of, of this need to be in harmony with what surrounds us, ancient pagans had world-accepting views, that is, they acknowledged the living world, they accepted it because it was their reality, which is why early perceptions of the afterlife is people after death going literally to the earth beneath our feet, or, hill, or the hills inside mountains, caves, forests, even rivers, precisely places we find human osteological remains. The physical remnants of our ancestors. The afterlife was here and because it was here our ancestors were still here, were still around us in the environment where we have deposited their remains and their presence was still part of the daily life of the living. Most ancestors became domestic spiritual entities or spirits of place which is why in Germanic and Scandinavian traditions most ancestors either became elves Alfar, or started to inhabit hills, mountains, their burial mounds and had an impact on the fertility of the soils and the well-being of their descendants 
uh, within the domestic affairs and the private property. Which is why many Scandinavian pagan traditions involved worshipping the ancestors and the land spirits in private festivities, much like everyone else all over Europe and beyond. The cult of the ancestors was as important as working for the well-being of the community, because keeping in contact with the ancestors also ensured the well-being of the community. Who better to help us if not the people who were once part of our community and know us and love us? A loved one will be more inclined to help you rather than another spiritual being who has no link to you through bloodline, love and friendship. The ancestor worship was an important feature in the native religions of many peoples and it was no different in ancient Germanic paganism. I hope you watch my video about the cult of the ancestors because you will better perceive uh, what I'm talking about on that video. This is what tribal hiddenry is all about and frankly what hiddenry as a whole should be. Not that much preoccupied with the gods and enter their heavenly realms but more concerned with this life we have, the people of our community with whom we share love and friendship and preoccupied in living this life in here and enjoy the world around us. Let the gods be in their own places. They know what they are doing and they need little help from us. We should be more concerned in being in concordance with our surroundings and know our place in this great spiritual network, this environment of spiritual entities in which we are very much part from or off and our actions have real impact and consequences. This perspective gives the individual a certain freedom of thought and actions. Instead of waiting for the gods to act, we act on our behalf and on behalf of those important to us and on behalf of our communities. Do things for ourselves and not wait for things to happen. People are drawn to paganism because of this emphasis on a connection with the earth, the natural rhythms of the seasons and the idea of the community having been of great value once and family ties were strong. People are drawn to this connection with supernatural in general, with the spirits of the land we live in, the spirits of our own family members our ancestors. This is animism, the link between all these realities that, that create a connection to the main spiritual network where the physical and the spiritual are one and the same. Going beyond religious notions of judging deities and heavenly realms we must gain access to, which in fact prevent our spiritual growth and break the interaction between the individual and the spiritual and between the individual and the divine 
because everything is divine, not just those same dozen deities. Fire is divine, so is the water that falls from the sky, and the river, the mountain, the tree and stone. And we have inside us the divine spark, because we are spiritual entities sharing the same space with all the other spiritual entities around us. People are drawn to paganism because of these aspects and yet many neo-pagan organizations try to deny those aspects, try to take out animistic notions and once again try to impose preconceived ideas and fanciful delusions as the only truth. People are drawn to paganism because they want spiritual freedom, not because they want to exchange one god for a bunch of gods, like having collectible cards in their collection, adding more deities to their collection. People want spiritual freedom. People want animism, which is the basis of paganism. Right, my dear friends, I hope you have enjoyed this video. Thank you so much for watching. See you on the next video. And as always, talk real.